Bill Kipper and Bourne back. From a guy that snapped in the 2000 playoffs against referee Mick Magoo to a guy that I think we would have tried to get to snap a little bit more often on the ice. Too nice. <laughs> Too nice. <laughs> Let's bring in Brian Lawton. Lots. Is it true you you were just too nice? <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. It's just uh, it's true that it was a different world. I'd be a killer in today's game. <laughs> <laughs> All kidding aside, I think when we see a guy like Brad Marchand snap, because it's not the norm, it gets even blown that much more up. Uh, it does, because the version of him snapping was just another Tuesday when you were playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, true. That's, it's just the reality of it, and I'm being facetious to some extent, but not completely. You know, the game is significantly different. I love the game now. I wish I could have played in this era. I, I truly think um, it would have been a lot more productive for me personally. So do you no think the, about it. do you think lots that the, the Leafs can survive in the playoffs as a team that doesn't have people who snap or that are naturally, you know, inclined to go after people? Well, I think we already have the evidence to be honest oh, no. with you. I oh, mean, no. just look at just look at just look at Tampa. Do you consider I know they have Patrick Maroon and you know, Ryan McDonough's a, a tough player by today's standards. Um, but you know, other than that, am I missing something about uh, them? That's, yeah. that's so imposing. No, you know, you're, you're, you're probably right. They can play a heavy game. They can lean on you. Uh, we've seen times when players have challenged other players, but no, I, I don't think that, uh, Tampa Bay would be in the same kind of wheelhouse as say Florida. Could the Leafs withstand a physical uh, series and come out on top against a team like Florida? I think they could. I really do. I'm not saying that they're going to because I think they have some issues that they have to clean up in order for that to happen. But in terms of this one specific aspect of their game, I don't believe that's what will prevent them from moving forward. Interesting. That, you know, they've added they've added some guys, you know, over the years. They moved out a guy that just kind of had that role and Richie, but um you know, it's the game's different, Kipper. You know that. You gotta be you gotta get players that won't change their game when the going gets rough. But it doesn't really get cuckoo like it used to. Yeah, that I, I it gets rough. I agree. I I think there's there's truth to that. Um, you mentioned that there are other issues uh, with the Leafs. From from where you sit, what do you see right now as uh, potential c- concerns for this team as they head towards the postseason? No, I have nothing. I hate to say this on radio in Toronto. I have nothing new to add other than what the fans are seeing on a you know weekly basis with the team, whether it's one more D or specifically a drop in the goaltending. Those are real issues. Now, they may play themselves out of it in terms of the goaltenders, but I still think they're light of D. And I, I don't see them, and I'm not just talking about Jake Muzzin being injured. I'm talking about when he's healthy. In order to go on a deep playoff run, 
they have to try to solve that issue, in my opinion. They may not have an opportunity because, like most teams, they're pretty constrained. Uh, everybody is everybody that's doing anything or anybody that's doing anything is generally getting some type of bad news that's turning to good news because it's giving them some flexibility to potentially add a player for the playoff run. The Leafs included in that now, of course. So it's it's strange times. Those are the rules. But the Leafs, to me, are still – they're as good as anybody offensively. They're still light in other areas to go on a deep playoff run for sure. We're joined by Brian Lawton, former NHL player, agent, general manager, and current NHL analyst. As much as we'd sit there and say Vasilevsky is still the best goalie in the world or the guy that uh, gives Tampa as good of a chance as anyone on that club, the odds are in favor of a goalie that's unproven to win the Stanley Cup. And I only say that because there's so many of them, lots. And it's just... It's just the way it is. There are, and we just finished having a conversation with Curtis Joseph, and there just isn't any more star goalies per se. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. But I'd still, uh, of the guys that are available, and even though Shesterkin's been amazing this year, I would still want Vassy as my goaltender. And, you know, people don't really understand the odds to win the Cup. I mean, I, I, I would say right now Colorado and, and Tampa are on another level. No disrespect to Carolina or any of the other good teams, but I feel like those two are above the rest, but they're not 50% above the rest. The, you know, the, the math is overwhelming against any one team when you consider it against the field. I'm not an analytics director. You don't have to be, but I certainly understand the math in this regard. The predictive models don't, for me, wouldn't have anybody ahead of a Colorado or a Tampa right now, but their odds against the field field combined for the two of them are terrible. It's just the way it is. This is not basketball. No, but with basketball, Daryl Morey had the theory. It was like the 5% rule. Like if he thought his team had a 5% chance to win the championship, then you should go all in. Like if you're ever even that close, that's the year to push your chips in and go for it because it's tough to even get a percentage that high. You know, do you think that that's the case? Should the Oilers push all in? Should the, the Leafs be pushing all in? Or is it foolish for teams that seem that far from the Stanley Cup to risk their future for this season? Well, I generally start with kind of the thought process that's centered around eight teams. Okay, I always do this in the offseason. I look, okay, who can win this family cup? Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me start with narrowing it down to the top eight teams. What does that mean? Okay, well, that means you have a 12.5% chance if all were equal. I'm not saying all is equal, but if you just looked at it that way, you'd go, hmm. Okay, 12 and a half. That certainly hits your requirement of a 5% chance. Uh, and then take that further. Maybe say there's only six. Now you're up to roughly 17%, less than that, but not a lot less than that if my math is correct. And just keep breaking it out down that way. When I look at Colorado and Tampa, yeah, 
that that second model kind of works for sure. I'd say they're closer to between those two teams. I'd have them in the mid to high thirties percentage wise to win the cup, but the rest of the field is still better and they have the best odds in theory. So that's what you're dealing with for the Leafs uh, or Edmonton specifically. Should they go all in? I kind of think Boston should try and they would be slightly ahead of Edmonton on an odds percentage. So, um, yes, the answer is yes. Edmonton should go all in. They should stop pretending that they're not going to give up assets for a goaltender and they should get themselves a goaltender and move forward and give it a shot because everybody has a pretty good feeling to how lightning could easily strike for that team if Dreisaitl and McDavid just go on a run that's unstoppable. But without a goaltender, and probably the same thing for them, without another veteran D, very unlikely that they would win the Cup. It's an interesting conversation you guys are just uh, are speaking of when you talk percentages because where are you in the moment? Like, where are your percentages if Justin Hall's playing more like he did last night than he did the the last month and and change or majority of the season higher for sure right so lots we're we're three weeks away from the trade deadline how do you where where would you put your number if if you don't know whether or not Justin Hall is going to play more like last night or more like the, the majority of the season when you need to go shopping for a defenseman um that is the crux of the problem <laughs> oh boy is it. <laughs> It's even like the predictive analytics that came out today for the NHL. We're going to predict, you know, who's going to win every face-off. Now, as AWS, who's a company we do business with, and my tech company, um, and they're awesome. They can do incredible things, machine learning, you name it. But your point is valid. What about in the moment for one face-off at the end of a game? You can throw out the past history, which is what analytics is based on, right? We're taking it to next level because we're going to take into account apparently every metric you can imagine. Is a player tired? Um, is he at home? Is he on his strong side? Things that the human mind just can't comprehend. And you won't find me necessarily making, first of all, I don't bet on hockey, but if I did, you wouldn't find me <laughs> making any bets on that. Because of what you said, Kipper, in the moment, in the moment, you would take Mark Messier against all other factors. Especially when you know the stick's going to start uh, on the faceoff dot and yeah. end up in your mouth. <laughs> it would affect That's my it. willingness to lean in, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know when you figure out that part analytically. And I love analytics, don't get me wrong. Um, but people are misguided, in my opinion, across the NHL in some respects with the understanding of how analytics should function in an organization should be a huge part of the decision-making process. Are you There's on board no with doubt that? about that. Yeah, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on how you think they could be best utilized to create a, a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, easily. Make it a meaningful part of the decision-making or evaluation process. Meaningful to me is above 40%. 
and as high as 50%. So now you're talking about something that I don't think many teams are doing. I think there's teams close to that, but it's up to the general manager not to be the analytics director, right? He needs to add another layer to the organization. It's up to him to be a champion for analytics in the organization. That means to insert them meaningful, meaningfully into the process so that you come up with better decisions. And even if you talk to analytics people, they'll tell you that. Analytics isn't the be-all, end-all in terms of how you run your team. This isn't paint by numbers. I'm going to manage the team that way. It's a process, but it's how you create that process and implement it that separates you. I still believe that 70% of the teams in the NHL just check boxes with regard to analytics. They don't right. actually believe in it. Yeah, I have friends that so have the- I have one friend that's doing an amazing job that worked for two teams. He basically, and we won't name names on here whether you know it or not, but he basically worked for two different general managers. He wasn't involved in the process. He eventually left working for a different team now, and he's doing an amazing job. Do not name names, fellas. I'm not trying to <laughs> Noted. embarrass anybody. Right. But my, my experiences in this are pretty deep. People don't know. I hired Michael Peterson who is the analytics director in Tampa, in 2009 and trained him. Other people wouldn't know. I hired essentially Tim Barnes for the Washington Capitals, who I had done work with when Tim was a trader in Chicago. Uh, Tim was incredible. The Caps were looking for an analytics guy. They were going to hire a younger person, more of an intern-level person to get it started. And Brian McClellan and I had a conversation. I said, Mac, You need to fly here to Minnesota. I'm going to have a guy come in and meet you. Brian McClellan hired him a day later, and he's worked for the Capitals ever since. And coinciding with that is they won their first Stanley Cup. And I would suggest that Tim was very instrumental. For all the fans out there, they're saying, who the heck is Tim Barnes? He used to write under a pen name, Rick Ferrer's. You probably know this, Justin. I do. So I, I, yeah, so I believe in this stuff. Deeply. Yeah, you probably never heard that story either, but it's 100% true uh, in terms of how he came to work with the Washington Capitals. Tim was a very successful trader, as was another analytics director down in Florida, Sonny Mehta, and they actually worked together at Peak Six for, for a guy by the name of Matt Holsizer that fan, fans would know who was involved in potentially – buying the Arizona Coyotes. He eventually went on and bought a general partnership share of the wild. He's no longer there, but he does run peak six. So it's a small world out there is all I'm saying. Uh, But analytics is, is low hanging fruit still for a lot of organizations that could make massive strides forward. If they can come together on how best to implement it in their organization. So in a nutshell, you're saying either you're overvaluating it or undervaluating it, but a few teams have hit the sweet spot. I think very few teams are over-evaluating it. That's what I would say. And, yes, few teams have hit the sweet spot, um, in my opinion. There's a lot of room for growth for a lot of teams in this league, but your GM has to believe in it. Not tell you he believes in it. Right. Not check the box that we buy third-party data from Sport Logic. Now they'll have all the data in the world, as you see 
some of these things coming online in terms of the player and puck tracking. But you still have to implement it into the organization, believe it, make it meaningful, figure out the difference between measurable and meaningful. I have a whole checklist on this stuff. And interestingly, very few people ever asked me. Brian McClellan is one person that did. And I think that worked out really well for the Washington Capitals because Mac is a forward-thinking guy and recognized that we can do a better job evaluating players and therefore we can put a better product on the ice. Well, we appreciate your forward-thinking analysis on our show. Lots. Thanks for doing this. All right, Kipper. Next time I promise not to talk about analytics. Thanks, Lon. <laughs> That's all right. I'm learning. <laughs> Brian Thank Lawton. you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. NHL Network Analyst. I'm reading a book right now. Uh, shout out to Chris Jones who wrote a book called The Eye Test. And it's um, a, a pushback against analytics. And not saying that analytics aren't useful. It's the idea that yeah. the human mind is able to pick things out, I guess, uh, at the extremes, the, these outlier events that the computers uh, obviously aren't able to, to dial in quite as well. We were uniquely suited yeah. in some ways to see some things. It, it's the same thing where, you know, he mentioned, you know, using everything that's available to you. But there's definitely, yeah. if you quote a stat in, you know, something in statistics, people are like, oh, it must be true. You know, it's, eh. Well, just since working with you and your introduction to me to Sport Logic, and uh, I never grew up with anything but the eye test. But I, I like listening to it. I like when you throw stuff out and I go, I like that, or it's a load of crap. Yeah, and both of those things are perfectly valid. And I think the best organizations have people who don't say we do this or we don't do this. We have people who say that's good and that's bad. And so having the people who can tell the good from the bad. So this is, you know, I like what Lots is talking about because there was a gold rush of everyone knew they had to have an analytics department. Yes. And like, Didn't want to look bad. Right. And like 10 teams believed in it. Yes. So 20 teams were like, yeah. who's on the internet and does analytics? That guy? Okay. Put him in a room. Give him a paycheck. We have an analytics department. If I've, anybody asks. Yeah. And the, the report would come to the coach's office. That's like, hey, to optimize your line, here's, you know, you optimize your lineup. So see, they'd be like, okay. I thanks. really like when I think I see something and you validate it for me with something and now i'm feeling even better than i did before yeah well and there's a comfort with it that you're like okay it's not mystic whatever it's just numbers like today before the show started sammy and i I was complaining about tipped pucks going in on the leafs and i was like i feel like everything gets tipped by the leafs we have our uh, uh, slack channel with sport logic and i said to the guy um, I asked them about where the Leafs are in the league in tipped and deflected goals against in the NHL. It feels like an exorbitantly high rate. Totally wrong. They're like bottom third in the league. Like 20 teams in the NHL give up more so, tips and deflections. So what I said was yeah. correct. I said every team gives up a ton of yeah. tip goals. That's right. one of the main and ways to score. it's recency bias. It's confirmation bias because I thought it and I'm looking for it. So, the, the, the uh, you know, just having more stats available to you can let you know that that's not actually a problem for the Leafs. It's just something I thought. So that's why I value this stuff. Just kind of confirm, deny things that I think I see with my eyes. Okay, Luke Fox. Um, I think he has a story out today on, on sportsnet.ca talking about the NHL and Amazon teaming up to predict every likely face-off winner in real time and where this is taking us. Right. 
Right. So Sam saw the article and had like a, a gambling take on it, which, you know, we do sprinkle a little bit here and there. Um, but I don't think it's a gambling thing to me. To me, it's like it helps you tell the story as a, a play-by-play guy. You're like, oh, look at this. You know, like Tavares on his right side in the O zone against this guy. He's got a 70% chance to win this draw. But everybody that reads this article is just – the technology's not there yet. Mm-hmm. But it is shaping where everybody believes that you can almost bet on anything in sports now. I used to bet on time. free throws in the NBA. Be like, you know, it's a... I don't understand. How how quickly live can betting. The, the question come to you and you press and you get paid out? Immediately. So it's like immediately. So a, I'd be watching so, the there's game. There's a cashier somewhere. Well, you know, it, it's... I don't know how the stats are registered, how quickly it comes to them. But yeah, it'd be like you'd make 10 cents on a dollar for, for a free throw. So I bet a buck... And I would make my bank account would say if he makes the three free throw and I said he's going to make it, I have a dollar ten in my bank account. Totally dumb thing to bet on, but you bet the other side of it. You bet a miss, guys under pressure, eh, not a bad little payout. Get the flip side of a free throw miss. The point, it's stupid to bet on that. But the point is, you can bet on anything now, and you're going to be able to bet on more things going forward. Sammy, is that good? Yeah, I don't. No. I, I don't really. I, don't I, can, I can't think of something. I don't really have a take either way. I can't. I just, I Whatever. can't think of anything easier to fix than a free throw or a face-off. Great point. It's, yeah, like this stuff, this stuff is. How, how would they ever know? Did you watch the documentary on ASU? Yes, you did. I did. You know, it's. I did. That stuff scares you. It is a risk going forward with professional sports. However, and this is just my ignorant self, that's someone else's risk. I enjoy playing it, <laughs> you know, like it's outside of uh major league baseball negotiations. Sports has got a pretty good thing going right now. Yeah. Do you mean with gambling? No, just in general. Oh yeah. Sports are making lots of dollars, but for lots of this people. is get a little slippery. Well, who do you know? You know, some people we no, can ask JT I to don't blow know a couple of just... Tavares. No, no, hold on, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> Tavares probably has enough money. He doesn't need to get juiced. And I got fourteen dollars to give him. I just hope we know what we're doing. That's all. Yeah, we don't. Anyway, it's fun. It's something I enjoy. It's, it is incredible Baseball's when bad. you think that there's a computer out there that can call you and ask you to place a bet within. Well, five would, or ten seconds I would like have, in real time. You'd have to have the live betting open, like you know. I use you my have to site. stay on your app. Yeah, and I, I sit there on, on the computer. By the way, I did this in Utah when I was playing in 2008. I haven't actually bet on free throws, and it's been it, around it, for that long. It, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and it's just you know that's that's the sort of thing that's a dumb thing to bet on. But live betting in general is a very, I mean, it's a tantalizing thing. A good team goes down on the road. A goal, you can get live odds. Suddenly they pay. Ooh, you make some money, Kipper. You know, the other thing, too, is, like, there are often, you can watch a face-off, and there could be a total different interpretation on who won and who lost. I don't think we're ever going to be able to bet on one face-off. I honestly don't. It's impossible. I would not. There's no clean winner loss. That's a push. Oh, everything's yeah, a push, you know? It's like, a push. I don't know. God, I hate the dealer when he says that, especially when I got blackjack. <laughs> He's got it too. Flips it over. Oh. No, I... Take the even money. Can't, can't bet face-offs. Yes, smart on the blackjack.
Take, take that even money every time. All right. Uh, news and notes around the National Hockey League. Where do you guys want to start? Uh, Jake DeBrusque has been um, rumored to be uh, traded from the Boston Bruins since I think uh, Sammy watched Cujo go down with yeah. Nick Magoo. It feels like it. Meanwhile, he's just on the top line, scoring hat tricks. Things are great. Does this guy still want to get traded? Was I he playing with Bergeron and Marchand last night? I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I don't have uh, any information. I can only go by that the cast and characters. Usually when a guy wants to get traded, it's because he feels like he's not getting a fair shake. Mm-hmm. He's tired of the message sent from a coach, a general manager, a president, the fan base, the media people. Like he's just had it. Yeah. Has anything really changed I mean, yeah, he's playing minutes. He's on the top line. Okay. He's scoring goals. Like, that's got to feel pretty good. Every time someone's hurt, they give him more responsibility. He's clearly not that far down the pecking order. I, I can't argue if, if a guy feels like he's having success and he feels like he's he's where he should be and he's getting those By the way, opportunities. The are loving this. But seven goals in his last five games. I just rest. don't know. They're going to trade him tomorrow. Even with Brad Marchand and knowing that he plays on the edge and you're not, uh, you're not, Super strong on the left side. I don't know how they could trade the brusque. I guess you don't. If they decide not to, like, what are his choices? Carry on, son. And yes. that, that's an interesting one to watch play out. Um, two things that I wanted to, to talk about, unless you have more to say. No, on that. you go. Uh, tonight is the first time that the Montreal Canadiens play the Winnipeg Jets since Shifley cleaned out Evans, got suspended four games. The Jets got uh, swept by the Canadians. You know, there were some quotes from Shifley after the, after the series where, you know, he just couldn't believe how that all shook out and how he thought the league took away his chance. I'm excited. Do you, what do you think? Shifley going to go, or sorry, Evans going to go after Shifley? Well, should he? Did Shifley not make a comment that if he does, I'll be ready? Yeah, he says if he wants to to do it, I'll I'll, I'll give it to him. See, but to me, that puts a ton of pressure on Evans, Evans now. Is going, like, but I don't. okay, if I don't go after him, <laughs> people are going to think what's wrong with me. He did say that he Evans said he doesn't want to be a distraction to his team, and that he's moved on. He thought his revenge okay, was. Has he seen his season? Uh, the whole it's the, the whole year's been a distraction. True. He he says. Like, I mean, you can't distract it anymore. I assure you. It's true. If you want, if you want to take it's your your revenge, go nuts, kid. <laughs> no, but yeah, he said that winning the series was his revenge, and Shifley not playing was his revenge, and he he doesn't have anything to do with it. But he doesn't want, you, It's not his style. Well, it's just not his style. It doesn't sound like his style. It's yeah. well, you go chase not, Shifley around. Not looking for it. So. I think it's probably a a dead issue. Ever since that happened, my opinion of Mark Shifley changed, not because of the hit. What did you think of the hit before you and I weren't uh, buddies? The the Shifley hit? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was pretty vicious, and uh, I I would have been pissed off big time. I I would have been chasing him the whole season. Was he within his rights to hit him there? When the puck drops, you're within your rights to do whatever you want. Right. You just have to answer. Like, there's no, you know, it's so funny when I hear someone do something, when you see someone do something stupid and someone says, you can't do that. And it's like, 
No, he just did it. Therefore, you can do it. Now let's see what happens next. Exactly. All that matters is what, what, where's the reaction? Where's the repercussions? Where are the consequences? Where do I feel like it's been justified? Where do I feel like I still need to get revenge? So then maybe this isn't on Evans. Maybe this is on, maybe Michael Pizzetta is chasing Shifley around tonight. I, Your boy. Yeah. My boy and, Pez. Yeah, Pez dispenser. That, that, <laughs> see, everywhere. that to me is still in within the team concept like i I am curious you can even though he was not involved in the series you can still inherit say evans is my boy the history i saw what you did to him and i don't like it yeah and just because evans feels like he doesn't have to send any type of message doesn't mean i can't plenty of times in nhl history teammates have stuck up for guys who didn't want to do it but I just See, said that my go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, and and just when, when you speak of that hit, I also look at the one that Bennett had on Cole. You think those are Sillinger. comparable, eh? Oh my God, they're so comparable. I I disagree. Sammy didn't like that Why? comparison because one is in the corner and one is an inch from the net where he had just shot see, the puck I, into the see, net. It's just that means nothing to me. All I see, all I see is one guy trying to really hurt one of my teammates on both. Okay, that's on fair. Both. That's it. Well, there was all intent I, in both, no doubt. All I no care doubt. is you're trying to hurt both guys. For sure. And they're vicious. I think, And I don't like them for that reason and that reason only. I think Bennett's was more of a hockey play than, than Shifley's was. Okay, but it's still Bennett trying to decapitate one of my guys. Oh, he 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 almost succeeded. He was that was a yeah. run. I don't care if it's a little dirty. I don't care. That that's to, is irrelevant. What I care about is that you try to hurt him, and yeah. I just I can't I won't stand for that. Which brings us to the conversation that we've had before, like the Zadorov hit on Kasha, where that is a clean hit. Just like maybe the Bennett one was. I don't know what the, the official ruling was, but you're still trying to kill our guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you're still within your rights as a team to be upset about a guy trying to light up your teammate. Yeah. The, don't you that's have. Why, that's oh. why I hate that argument where it was a clean check. I don't care if it was a clean check. I don't care if it was a dirty check. It's a check that you're trying to hurt my guy, and now I'm going to try to hurt you. Yeah, and there's a big complaint and, and now is that, that eh? well, they, they, they hate now they, in the they, NHL they, the guys have to fight after clean hits, and I, I, I understand that to some extent. Sometimes I think it's a complete how the game's going, how it feels, right? If the, the, the hit separates somebody from the puck and it goes the other way, you don't want to necessarily fight. But if it's a big, clean hit that's a flashpoint moment that stops the game, yeah. I definitely want my guys jumping in there. That's, that's just... I, I completely agree with you guys. But there, there are times where your teammate gets lit up and you're like, all right, well, you got to have your head up there. I, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I, like... I just know when it comes to behavioral patterns, mm-hmm. if I know for sure someone is going to come after me if I do this, it does beg the question before I do it. Should do I, I really want to go down this path? Yeah. And that's all... You want. If you think about it, that's every snow spray of the goalie. Or, or every time you go into those scrums, you're like, oh, I, I would love to snow this goalie and piss him off and whatever. But if I do that, and, you know, it's just not worth it. It's not worth the and, price. And oh. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm on the road. Yeah, the shift Three here. games in four nights. I'll just let this pass. And that's just to bring it full circle. 
that's the conversation that we always have about the Leafs. Is there enough guys that want to snow the goalie, that want to run somebody through the boards when they shoot it into the empty net? That's the question. Hey, he was throwing his weight around a little bit last night. He almost got buried into his own goalie by Ovi. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, by the way, we started this whole thing by me saying that it has changed my opinion of Shifley because Shifley, I didn't like how he handled the aftermath of that. You know, he said that... Um, I thought I was going to try to be shut down by Philip Deneau and it was the Department of Player of Safety that shut me down. He said, it's over and done with. I'm not going to cry about it. You know, I, everyone wants Montreal or Toronto and Montreal to win. No one wants Winnipeg to win. Um, it's excessive. He, he didn't get the chance to battle with his guys. He was really pissing and moaning about the, there's the a, suspension. There's an argument. <laughs> yes, that is my point. <laughs> There's an argument to be made. He just hasn't been the same since. Well, I think there is. I think there is an argument to to be made there that they had a crack at it and the team felt like they were close and they probably were as good as that Montreal team. And he takes a pretty significant suspension and doesn't get to be a part of it. They get smoked. God, the team's no good this year. The Leafs would have just, if they had to beat the Habs, they would have just run through that Jets team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If aunt, uncle. If if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, every day would be Christmas, my coach used to say. (laughs) I think that that, the end of that saying can go like seven different ways. Yeah. My aunt worked your bag off. What is it? What's it saying? Uh, Not finishing that one. (laughs) Does Winnipeg miss the playoffs? Yes. And then blow up time. Shovel day off? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if that's blow up. Oh, yeah. I think he's out. So then it's just a complete change. And then you have to figure out who's. Yes. Wheeler's making a bajillion for a bajillion more years. Boys, Ovi drops, uh, CCM drop Ovi. Really? Well, we, you know, we did have this conversation when the story first broke that there is a ripple effect. Yeah. All Russian athletes, not just Ovi. are they just not advertising him anymore? I don't think. I think he can still wear the helmet. I was at oh, a you can wear whatever break when I learned equipment. all I learned. <laughs> you, you can wear whatever equipment you want. They're just sanctioned. not advertising. You're just not getting paid for it anymore. It's crazy. Hey, he's been the face of CCM for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Well, probably his whole career. That just it's going to put more pressure on more companies. That's the ripple effect here. Mm-hmm. It is going to be fascinating to know where the fallout ends to see how Ovi handles this. If he changes course uh, in his state, his non-statement so far, doesn't want war. We know that. Does it put more pressure on the media now? Networks like ours, TNT, ESPN, the way they cover. Did he take tough questions last night? I have no idea. I, I don't think. I, he, I don't think he met the media. None of them came across. Do we my know, feed, Sammy? So. I didn't see anything from him last night. I, I'm sure he's not saying a whole lot at right. the moment. Right. Well, the story uh, continues to develop. It does. Best uh, best bets. We, we thought we'd include a couple of my gambling things here, and I would throw a couple ideas at you guys for potential bets. One of the things that was tempting to me for, for Betty stuff tonight, we got three minutes here, so I'll throw some at you. Jets, Montreal. Montreal's in Winnipeg tonight, but plays pays plus 173. Which is, you know, bet ten bucks, get paid seventeen thirty. Do you for, like the chance for, for a Montreal, Montreal win? A Montreal win in Winnipeg. Yeah, you know, I I like Montreal's chance. They've won five straight games now. The Canadians. Did you know that five straight wins? This is playing out perfectly. They're the worst team in the league. 
<laughs> they're not going to get the top guy. And they just suck. They could have sucked all year, then fired the coach after the year and whatever. But they hired, they inspired that team. And now they're going to play themselves yeah, in the I'm, last person. They're not going to win the I, I agree with it. Uh, with the, the firing? No. <laughs> with the bet? It, with bringing them in and inspiring. Yeah. And it's I okay. Do I do too. The, the odds are weighted now that if you're anywhere near the bottom, you've got a pretty good chance. You'd much Come rather on, your you, team you, have a little passion, little com- be interested. You're the in Montreal the, Canadiens, yeah, for God's sake! You can't just kick a rock around and wait for the season to end. Like that bet. I'll take Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take Winnipeg at that's home. Probably the smart bet. I mean, that's great value. Yeah, it's good value. The uh, the other one that I like tonight. Good value. That's what am I in Gamble there? Talk ninety eight in the produce section? No, that's Loblaws. that that's degen Great talk. Value. I have a lot of friends who are degen, so I know, I know that the gambling. Low key, low key at Sportsnet. I'm in a group called a group chat called Degenerates. David Amber's a piece of that. Colby Armstrong, guys, yeah. you guys want to hear a secret? She might be listening right now. CC, Carolyn Cameron. Wow, you're telling state secrets. Eh? Yeah. I love it. Ah, chucks a couple dollars at it. Support support where the direction of the sport. You have 1-800 numbers if you need help to, yes. to call. Yes, gamble responsibly. Yes, that's, 100%. That's an important message. All right, day two under the books on Sportsnet's YouTube channel. Again, I'm seeing, uh, what, over 300 people watching our channel. And more importantly, I challenged everybody for likes. I wanted 200 after the first break. We ended up with close to 260 likes Ooh, sammy they're all for sammy <laughs> we're feeling more pressure to put them on air not gonna happen just yet there's an open seat beside me but we're feeling it we are keep leaning on us our thanks to curtis joseph seventh on the nhl all-time win list that's certainly enough for the hall of fame wake up people get him in brian lawton as well great talking to him Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. We're right back at it tomorrow on Real Kipper and Bourne. Stay safe, everybody.